welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here, and we're going to drop some knowledge bombs for you. Uh, All kinds of stuff happening. Um, Beginning of the year, like we talked about, uh, Mike and I went over some of our SHOT Show stuff. Uh, One of the things I realized, we didn't get to like the really right stuff, which was pretty close, and I thought really right stuff knocked it out of the park. They have their sort of hunter tripod setups, they have their uh, mounting uh, for the binos and different things. That they, they had the Phil Vallejo rapid uh, deployment tripod that only has the it's kind of upside down legs, only has the ones that reverse, and then you just drop them down and they extend out instead of from the inside. Um, so if you're on the clock, you could deploy much quicker. So there was all kinds of stuff that really right stuff had that I want to jump into and talk about um, because I think. It, it was a good update for them for the show. It, it, there was a lot of stuff going on uh, as far as it wasn't like one product. It wasn't just an incremental thing. It, it was a host of products across a variety of, you know, from the mounting systems to the tripod itself to the ball head things that they're doing. So take a look at the new Really Right stuff. I just got their catalog in the mail, but I actually don't think they're um, – New stuff is in the catalog because I know I brought a catalog home. I wanted to reference it, and then I I thought Mike told me there wasn't. I'm going to call and probably get Michael Hannell on the phone and do a podcast with him uh, just so we could talk about it because there really is so much. And from, you know, different mounting options, uh, we look at this, and, you know, just to throw this out there, I think. You know, your tripod is your number one piece of equipment that you should always have with you if you're going into the field and doing field type stuff, right? There should be a tripod on your pack with you in some capacity. It could be the smaller hunting style, like the 14s, you know, versus the 33s, the leg size, that is. There's, there's you know, 33, 34, there's 23, 24, and then there's 14, and so, um, you know, there's that. But the, whether it's something a little smaller that might not give you the ultimate stability, but think of the crossover potentials with the tripod. And, I mean, really right stuff is the platinum standard right now for that. Being said, a lot of you guys use the knockoff stuff. And, and there's been some posts about, like, the Leah photos, the knockoffs, the different things that are going on. And based on last year's Sniper's Hide Cup, the match in Colville, which is a very tripod-heavy match. Um, going to be June 26th this year. Carl's supposed to be putting up the registration on the website this week. So we'll have that registration turned on for you. We're also, I'm speaking with Applied Ballistics, like I mentioned. We're going to have Applied Ballistics Mobile Lab there more than likely. Um, I'm working on it right now. Everything looks good as long as we can line up the dates and they don't conflict with AB. You'll be able to get your custom drag model from AB using their mobile ballistics lab at the Sniper's Hide event. So that's a big deal, man. Um, You know, we're team or individual. So you could sign up as an individual. You just shoot the course of fire by yourself with less time. Or you sign up as a team and then the two of you work together on a different set of time. So, um, and I'm going to fix modify it because I think last year... Um, it, we needed to add a little bit to the individual. They needed like a minute, 30, 45 seconds, but they needed about a minute to balance it off. So instead of it doing like uh five and three, it needs to be like 
you know, like five and three and a half or five and four almost by the, by yourself because you're, you're working it. So we'll, we'll adjust that. Um, part of the Rifleman's Team Challenge. So if you do have Facebook or anything, you can go onto the Rifleman's Team Challenge and you can look at it there. So um, definitely take a look at that. Now, as I mentioned, you are going to need a tripod for a sniper side event. I mean, like I said, it's the one piece of kit that you almost can't do without. At SHOT Show, we also saw the new Colorado Tripod Company one we talked about. We saw Gen 2 Prototype. It's probably Gen 2 and a half, 3. Um, there's a couple more things they're looking to do, but the main elements of it, I think he nailed it. And they're playing with some different things in terms of material. Stainless versus like magnesium, aluminum. And just how these different things, because he can build a more bulletproof tripod, military, salt water, different things by going to stainless steel with like the leg fittings in, in, in different elements. And so it'll only add about a half a pound. Now, we also told him to take one section out, the lowest section out of the legs. So we may be pulling a half a pound from there putting it back but this is going to compete not so much with really right stuff but more with the leah photos that you guys are getting it's going to be lighter it's going to be a little bit better it's going to be uh, you know right around the same price it, you know it's still going to be less money than a really right stuff but i mean like i said really right stuff's the platinum once the colorado tripod company's out and there is this kickstarter page you could do some pre-orders and look at it we are fine-tuning some different mounting options and some different things. He's playing around as he's trying to understand the gun industry. You know what I mean? He's looking at, you, you know, and you got to understand, they're looking at things like an Amazon and they're looking at different areas of knockoff stuff. Um, you know, what's out there because his main goal is to really attack the, the Chinese knockoffs. They're U.S., they don't like it, same as Really Right Stuff, and Michael and those guys don't like the Leah photo and the knockoffs because Really Right Stuff gets knocked off a lot. And so the, the Colorado Tripod Company is basically looking to combat that as well and come in at the same price point as these knockoffs. So at least you have American-made option without spending the money of a Really Right Stuff. But, I mean, we totally think it's a buy once, cry once type of situation when it comes to these products. They're, 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 they're holding their value. They're working out really well, kind of above and beyond expectation in a lot of ways. So when you're looking at investing in this stuff, don't look at it like it only works for this. It works for so much more, you know, from camera stuff to spotting to binos to shooting you know, so if you're a field guy and you're out there, now if you're just a square range, you show up, you shoot off your bench, you do this, you do that, well then maybe you don't need that and we're not trying to sell you that. But they do have other stuff coming out. They have smaller stuff that sort of bridges that gap. But honestly, the tripod is the one piece of kit that I think every well-rounded precision rifle shooter should have. And, and so that's, that's kind of where I want to go with that. And also now to um, sort of circle back around for the um, to talk about the applied ballistic stuff. There's been like several uh, posts on the G1 versus G7. And Jack Master, Ted there, put some good graphics and different things up. But 
I, I want to kind of explain, you guys, there's still people out there who think G7 is new, okay? They think it just showed up with the advent of sort of Brian's books and the different things and that, you, you know, within the last, it, it, it's 15, 2005 is when really we started talking G7 more so. So it came about in like 2005 discussion-wise. 2008, it starts to turn a little bit more mainstream and then now you have these, you know, misconceptions of what this actually does and you know everybody wants to go back to well you know it models this from that yeah dude throw that away if you're gonna if you're going to try to give me this textbook definition that this is one bullet this is another bullet and we don't shoot that well we don't shoot that bullet either anymore you know what i mean the g7 bullet from the g7 days fits one type of bullet we use okay it's like a 168 308 that's the model the the today uh, that we all different so we think it's closer but it's really there's two big differences you have to look at and there's just two okay how we use them are identical whether or not you put one number in a g1 number or you put a g7 number in you're doing the identical thing when it comes to your software and it's going to give you an identical solution all right. The difference is how much do you tweak it and how well, but everybody's still tweaking their shit and it's changing it. The, the BCs have a velocity component to it. Okay. There, there's no way around it. It's BC. Now, what they're saying is that, um, you know, your G7 is shaped more like the, the, the bullet we use. Okay. Throw that out the window. Get rid of it. Well, what it comes down to is they'll say the velocity swings we see, sort of like your SDs, your ESs, don't change G7 as much. Sorry, dude, they do. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're saying it's not as velocity dependent. It is. Otherwise, why would that be the first step to truing it? What are they doing to true your software? velocity adjustment okay so that's how they have to do it to kind of get the curve to bend and, and change now they'll say also that the g1 was only modeled to transonic and not beyond the subsonic yeah that's out the window now dude we're already working with this stuff our bullets are so much better that's like what they're saying is there this is think about this this is, and this is important i want you to think about this this thought process 308 168 Sierra Match King. And they'll talk about that invisible 800 meter wall. Okay. That is what they're talking about when it comes to G1. They're acting like that 168 308 with that 800 meter invisible wall where the bullet flies through the air and then it hits 800 meters and falls apart. You know, either hits the ground, goes wango, doesn't do what it's supposed to. That is the argument that the G1 does not go beyond. They're using that bullet because that bullet is the right bullet, okay? But what they're saying is that if you instead of using that G1 number for that, if you use the G7, all of a sudden, it goes beyond the 800 meters. Like, you're magically your prediction. So, you know, if you use G1 to 800 meters, it'll work. 
But then when you go to nine and a thousand, well, it's not going to work anymore. We all know that's bullshit. The other thing to think about is they're saying the science, the science, the science, the science. Well, they're using theoretical science that really hasn't been, you know, picked apart. But every year it's changes. You know what I mean? I have the, the books from uh, James Ingalls. G1 is an Ingalls BC model. Sachi, Majewski, there's all these other guys, you know what I mean, that came out before. Ingalls made his own tables. And if you read his book, and it's free on Google, you can download it and read the beginning. His tables are velocity-based, okay? So they're all based on velocity, weights, and different things, but it's a velocity calculation. That's what they're saying. G1 is velocity-based, and they'll, they'll, they'll argue that G7 is a little different. There's only two differences, okay? How your software manages it, whether or not it puts a little bit more emphasis on G7 to say it's a better model, or whether or not the velocity is going to change that number, which brings us right back, right back, right back again. To truing your software. We're right back where we started. Doesn't matter. Put in any number you want. If it works for you, great. If you, I use G1 99% of the time. Now, if I'm using Applied Ballistics or my Kestrel, I use G7 because they tend to work better. AB weights it so it works better. Okay? So I can go to that. But now, if I use my field firing solution or cold bore... It's not G-dependent. Field Firing Solution is considered one of the best ELR programs out there. Cold Bore won the Argentine King of Two Mile and has been known to be one of the best softwares out there. It's not G-dependent. What that means is it doesn't care whether you use G1 or G7. It understands what the bullet's going to do today. It knows where it was before it's in this specific point in space where point mass, it doesn't. Point mass means where is this point of mass in space? Okay, it's here. That's the prediction. Where's it going to be? It's going to be here. But it doesn't know where it was before there or where it's going to be after there. It just knows it's going to be here. Colbor knows before and after so it can help model here, like Mark's weaponized math. We're using, okay, if we can get weaponized math to work with no bullet weight, no BC, no muzzle velocity, no caliber restrictions, right? There, there is an offset for elevation because of air density. But other than that, we can get weaponized to math to work based on a percentage of drop. So BC is really a bad model, okay? But that's what we have to work with. It does not matter which one you use you're doing the same thing here's what you need to do record your drop at 600 point of aim point of impact put a water line out there boom hit 600 yards put a piece of paper out there with an aiming point shoot a group get the center of your group and measure it that is your muzzle velocity that's what you're going to use for velocity. Then you're going to shoot 800 yards. If you need to tweak that number from 8 or 1,000, but you're going to use that 800-yard number, that's your BC. 
we're tweaking the BC for your system because BCs, wait for it, are muzzle velocity dependent. That number's not lying to you. All that number is saying is your gun shoots this fast, your BC will be this much. You play with that middle number, up or down, tweak it. 25 feet per second, go up or down, right? 25 feet per second your number, man. You're going to move, you're going to play with it. That's going to give you one-tenth, roughly, of elevation. So you got 25 feet per second there, or you move that middle number up and down one or two points on the BC. Got to come up, got to come down. If, if your gun's shooting nice and flat, number goes up because you got a flatter bullet. If the gun's shooting a little slower, number comes down. It's speed dependent. Don't get into these protracted debates of G1 versus G7. It does not matter. We're using them in an identical manner. We're using them in an identical manner. And if you think, if you think, if you think a three-doff calculator is bearing into these minor details, dude, it's not that powerful. You can run this shit in Excel. We're not running a six degree of freedom friggin' Gibson computer to do all these things kind of like, hello, you know what I mean? We're, we're doing them on our phones. We're doing them, we could do them in Excel. You can get the software that runs all this, put it in Excel, and if you're good with it, or if it's pre-done, Pestia and all these different ones, it can run it in Excel. So don't be fooled into thinking and don't get involved in these G1 versus G7 arguments. They're silly. They're stupid. They're meaningless. It's the exact same thing, only different. One's a big number, one's a little number. That's it. How your software manages it, some software manages it better than others. So knowing that can help bring attention to which way you go. But G1 has value. And the only difference is how quickly that number changes based on velocity swings. But they're both pretty damn close. And we're swinging velocities anyway. So you're going to have to mess with the BC. So think about that. And don't fall into the... 1800s, 18, I have the book right in front of me from the 1800s, dude. He talks about obsolete already, Krupp, right? He's doing the Krupp tests in the 1880s. This is what they're arguing about. Oh, this guy tested it in 1883. Oh, wait a minute, but this guy checked it in 1991. And his 1891 varied. Dude, you got the Italians checking it. You got the French checking it. You got the Germans checking it. And then you got the Americans checking it. Guess what? None of them agreed. How does that even happen? Okay. How do you get that Sachi doesn't agree with this other guy? And then you got corrupt and his numbers are over here. And Ingalls looks at corrupt's thing and says, well, corrupt did this and I'm going to do that. And Ingalls, that's why G1 has a name. Ingalls. It's a velocity based BC system with mathematical calculations from artillery from 1880s. G7 came about the same time, dude. It was modeled by us in the military in 1940. Okay, it's not new. It's a little newer because the bullets changed. The artillery shells changed. Even in the discussion, and I maybe I'll pull it up here. Let me see if I can get it. Oh, I may have killed it. No, I did. I killed it. Sorry, dude. I was going to read to you where he basically talks about 
just like five years earlier how he didn't like it and how the bullet how the the shells the artillery shells got longer they weren't rounded anymore they changed quickly to longer thinner projectiles okay so that stuff changed anyway so don't get into that i know there's a lot of discussion there's some good background all you're doing is you're basically reading the history understand history changes all these things None of these ballisticians agree with each other over the years. And some feel, well, this formula is a little lacking. Well, this one needs to add, you know, yawn pitch to it. Well, this one needs to add, you know, this to it. So they're all putting in these little things that they feel the guy before left out. That's it. It's muzzle velocity and it's your computer. Which computer you're using will determine whether it gives weight to one or the other. Some give no weight to either. And I posted stuff on Sniper's Hide that shows a Spanish Army test with Doppler using G1 and G7 with cold bore out to a mile, 338. You can't tell one from the other when the software understands it. Okay? The software gets it. So that means it doesn't matter. You're using a three doff. It, 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 it honestly, it doesn't. We're doing it the same thing, and I don't know why I'm even keep talking about it. But anyway, how you use the numbers are identical. As long as you got your data and you say at 800 yards, I'm using 6.2 mils, 6.2's point of aim, point of end point. You can you impact. You could do whatever you need to do. Cool. Understand? Thanks, guys. All righty. So where else? Oh, I want to talk some of the class stuff because um, some different class things came up as we start to go in. This week, I'm going to be taking off to Alaska. We got Mark's um, banquet, his, his um, I Love Me sessions up in, up in a, uh, AK there because it's cold and snowy. They're all snowed in. So we're going to go to Captain Cook Hotel um, on Saturday night and have a, a banquet, dinner, drinks, you know, the whole thing. Um, just to say thanks to our students, and and this is kind of the thing that I wanna I wanna bring up that that uh, you know is kind of that missing element in why with the classes and what we do what we're looking at when we do these classes is building a community, right? And that's what Mark was looking to do up in Alaska. Mark's looking to build a community of like-minded people who want to bring their shooting to the next level with with education with taking classes, with, with being around people with best practices, right? We can shortcut anything, but can you do best practice stuff and how does that help you move down the, the road, right? Because when you're thrown into different situations, how do, well do you adapt? So if you have a strong foundation, it's easier to adapt. If you have a weaker foundation, then you got to kind of start over. It takes a little longer to build up. So... Um, mentioned we got classes going in Iowa. I actually have um, a bunch of work going on on the site. So right now they're working on my front page. They're going to be redoing the WordPress side of things. They're going to re. They're trying to blend in my my forum with the front page. I have an e-commerce site that I'm going to use for some of these classes that don't have sort of the payment portals that Treadproof has. One Mark uses his deal and what he does. Mile High has their portal and you can buy their stuff online. So I'm building one for those classes that don't have it. And we just announced the class in Iowa for over the um, summer, as well as we have a class in Minnesota that back at the Gopher Hills. 
um, and we're going to be up there. So we do have these classes, and there is a training section on Sniper's Hide. Now, we can get you signed up for these classes, and I'll build you uh, build that. But one of the things, like I said, is I have to get this e-commerce thing put together, and I'm in the middle of sort of the build my website software kind of thing, but I mess the order up a little bit. They're doing Sniper's Hide first. The e-commerce will be second. So uh, I kind of backed it up, but I may be able to put out a link for people and then just go on and they can go and do a a, a, a Sniper's or a PayPal thing anyway. So I'm probably going to see if I could put something like that together for everybody for the class and just use my my system now on Sniper's Hide. I have a system that's built into the site for like the online training. So you can sign up and you go through PayPal. Guys can upgrade their account to the um, PX accounts. So it goes through PayPal. And then there's the commercial sales, which we just added for if you're a company and you want to use Sniper's Hide to announce your products, to talk about your products, I just added a monthly option because, you know, most small businesses and the guys, they're trying to get their 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 you know their business up and running quickly and they don't have you know that discretionary capital and they can't do this and do that like they don't have a lot of money to waste so saying hey it's 1500 bucks to be on sniper's hide for the year a lot of people can't do that so we added a monthly feature where you can sign up and just pay you know a, a little over 100 bucks to do the monthly and that way there, it'll be a reoccurring monthly payment instead of an all-at-once upfront payment. Uh, it'll be a little bit more than the upfront payment, but, you know, that's how life works. Um, but it is an option under upgrade right now that you guys can go on there and you can upgrade your small business and get a commercial account, post inventory, talk about your product, get the market research done that people are looking for. Um, we build a lot of products on Sniper's Hide. You know what I mean? You got the Hoplite Arms, which is being talked about right now, and all the things happening on there. You got nylon people coming on, and there's so much with nylon because you, it's so hyper-competitive. Anybody can have a nylon idea and have, you know, sewing machine and some, you know, Michael, what is the Joanne fabric or something. Have fabric, we'll, we'll sew. And 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 that's kind of how that goes. So there's there's, you know, that ability for you to kind of get a leg up by giving you the outlet of Sniper's Hide. And our numbers are strong. We're selling. I just got an email today from like the GRS stock guys. Um, they did a little advertising campaign with us. The GRS is sort of the wooden stock with the grip. Um, comes over from Europe. Uh, pretty popular. And they're saying Sniper's Hide had the most um, traffic and discussion regarding their product based on the ads and everything on the site. So uh, there was that. Look at these people trying to call me. All these scam. I thought they, they did like a scammy robocall thing and said no more robocalls. I thought they kind of, you know, were like, no, you can't robocall people anymore. I might keep getting robocalls all the time. Freaking hate them. But um, anyway, so uh, there is that kind of deal um, happening. If you're a commercial sales account, kind of thing and you want to have your product talked about discussed or any other thing cool so what else so the training like i said i'll have the training stuff listed i have the classes um again if you want to run down a where we're going to be we got the alaska precision rifle classes 
So you're going to have to go up and do the Alaska thing. We got the Colorado Mile High Shooting Outdoors for their classes. They're once a month classes from basically April or so till October. That's going to happen, okay? Then I have Treadproof. The Treadproof classes. We got the um one happening right around the NRA in the different Treadproof stuff. So if you're interested in a Treadproof class, go to treadproof.com and you could do that. Then the Iowa, the Minnesota. I also, at the end of the year in November, I'm going to be doing the class with Brian Whalen at uh, the um, Blue Steel Ranch there in New Mexico. So where they hold the event, uh, the competition dynamics event. We're going to be doing a, a pretty cool little, um, not so much as much classroom, but sort of the out practical field class. I think this will be kind of a neat, him and I were talking about it the other day. Where um, I even had some notes. I wonder if I can re- read my chicken scratchy notes because uh, it was kind of a good idea. Um, the two styles, one education kind of thing. We're, we're, they're going to be on-the-fly classes where you'll have access to him, access to me. We're kind of move around the rim and we're going to move around this field course. And you'll get sort of my approach to engaging the targets, finding rage and engaging, and how would you do it. Then you're going to get his approach. So there'll be two different styles under the same roof on what are we looking at. We'll have a little bit of class in the beginning to get everybody on the same page, but it's just going to be a fundamental class. It's not going to be the ballistics and all the, 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 the wonky technical stuff. It's like... Here's what we want to talk about fundamental-wise. Here's the page we want you to be on. Okay, now let's go out and do it. All right? And then we're going to be just out there shooting and shooting and shooting and doing the movement and and how these field courses work and how guys are executing the different stages. And then we can put in some mini comp stuff and things like that because we'll be using that competition area down at Blue Steel. So that's a go we're going to um, we're going to be doing that in November. So a lot of classes, a lot of stuff. Snipers hide training section. If you want more, um, you can get a hold of Mark through Alaska Precision Rifle Training at Gmail. Again, treadproof.com, and then go to the hide for some of the other ones. And then I will have again. I'm a little behind because of the way the order of the website stuff that I did it, but I will have the outlets for people to sign up. Um, I'll get that fired up pretty quick. I may be able to build some things and do some stuff on the plane. Who knows? Um, So I'll be playing with it because I got to do the five-hour, six-hour flights anyway. Um, Going up, coming back. I got a red eye, and I don't sleep well on the red eyes. I got a red eye coming back on Sunday night. I'll be back Monday morning, first thing at like 6 in the morning. So there's that. All righty. So really appreciate you guys uh, Posting the comments, listening, sharing. I'll get into some of the comments and we'll start over. You guys have been uh, knocking that out. And I've been answering a little bit more comments in this section because we've had the interviews. We've had the Mike and I and, and we weren't really reading comments like that. But probably just before I go to Alaska, I'll do a comment one. And then I know for sure on Friday, Mark and I are going to do a podcast so we'll talk about some more off-season podcast stuff uh, when it comes apart. But um, I, you know, just wanted to knock this out on a. I got a snowy Monday here. We're all iced and snowed in right now. Um, pretty crazy, and and so then just catching up. And then uh, finally, I'm going to talk about uh, a couple things on the forum that coming back from Shot Show. 
So. So everybody's talking about the different products and the different things at SHOT Show. They're, they're kind of going in and running down. And, you know, we mentioned that this is the year of the 22, okay? Um, yeah, there's a lot of 22 stuff out there. So there's a lot of different things. But, guys, don't get into this Voodoo versus Zermat versus, you know. Voodoo has patents. We get it. Every, and, and we're all behind all that, and we're, we're absolutely on board with the understanding of those patents have value and their significance to it. Now, you got so many people coming out and doing stuff with the 22, and some came straight up to Voodoo. Some companies did come in the door and say, hey, we know you got a patent on this. We want to play in this pond. What do we have to do? And Voodoo's like, great, thanks. We got to work with you. Well, then Bighorn comes out with the Rim X, and it's more of a rim fire action. And then they did their mags and everything. And the mags are really a big part of this patent side of things. And I, I get it. Zermat put a lot of work into their mag. It's a machined mag. They looked at angles. They looked at sizes. And they don't. their mag does not fit in every action out there. But they're playing a little hardball with Voodoo. Let that work itself out. Don't be jumping in and putting one side down and the other. I mean, there was guys actually insulting Zermat as if they didn't know how to build an action. Like, oh, Voodoo's got this, you know, year's track record and Bighorn. This is their first try. You know what? Nobody goes near that. And it's like, come on, dude. Really? Do you really think this is that's what's going to happen with this? I mean, Bighorn's got a friggin' history. AJ's, a, you know, a rocket scientist when he was doing this stuff building stuff for the Colorado aerospace industry. And now all of a sudden this, you know, at 22 actions, a mystery. Let's not go there. Let's not get into these battles. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm refraining from sort of the TACOM HQ night force battle. I'm going to refrain from the big horn voodoo thing. Let those guys work that stuff out. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to put a thumb on any scale because I like both sides of all of these things. And I see merit to all of it. But, you know, don't go online and just start friggin' tearing down one side. It's team sport stuff. It's politics stuff. Don't be doing the politics in the team sport. Let these guys work it out. Don't don't have them start, well, gee, did you see what so-and-so said? And, and, you know, the next thing you know, like if I said something, it might piss off Voodoo. Or if I said something and it pisses off Bighorn. And now they don't want to play ball with the other side because it's like, wow. You know, has nothing to do with either or. But at the same time, it has to do with that feelings, the emotions behind it. Guys put their heart and soul into these products. You know, let them work it out. That's my point. Now, that said, I did go. I want to talk about the ultimatum stuff. I put in the orders for the uh, the de facto, which is the Tika version. I, th- I mean, it's, it's, it's a low cost. It's a really good action. Everything's cool, man. I'm digging on the barreled actions they're doing. I... I'm going to tell you, man, I sat down in 2015 and told companies who were asking, like, what do we do to get in this, man? What do we? And it's like, dude, barreled actions, barreled actions, barreled actions. Everybody's dropping stuff in chassis. Everybody's do that. If you can keep the price down but do a really well-made barreled action, you're going to get a leg up because it's so easy just to go online. And I went to the Ultimatum site and just get a barreled action. It's like, bam, how do you? And they're usually under two grand. We got plenty of stocks and chassis and time and things like that that you can upgrade later. Um, 
you know, and so that's kind of where I, I'm just where the head thing is, and I think it's smart. The 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 deuce from Ultimatum looks really good. Sixty degree bolt throw, the whole thing. I dig the the, the bolt throws like that. You know what I mean? Short, fast, quick, less movement. Let's go to town. Boom. 60-degree bolt throw. Digging on it. I got a voodoo. I'm good with it, man. I'm all there. Where do I want to go? Because I think the 22 shit is going through the roof, and it's going to be good for everybody. I'm doing the ultimatum right now. That's But that, that doesn't take away because I'm a whore that way. You know what I'm saying? So, and uh, it, it, it's just, it is what it is, man. But um, I just wanted to to kind of throw that out there. Um, that yeah, man, give these guys a little bit of a, a a little bit of a break. Um, when it when it comes to the uh the online arguments of this stuff and guys coming in and just stirring the pot over their mostest bestest favorite kind of guy, I I, I think it's kind of silly. Um, that um guys will argue with this that way, and then we got. Oh, look who came up. Our buddy Fuzz showed up. He's like, hey, everybody. I came in. So anyway, that I just wanted to kind of bring that up there because I did see it start to ramp up. I did see people starting to get all rah, 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 about the um the difference, you know, this action, that action. And then before I cut off, NASCAR in two weeks, man. They, they, Daytona 500, two weeks from yesterday. We coming up, talk to some of the crew chief guys. Good luck to them. This is a weird season, I guess, for everybody. They're kind of got a, a, a hold placed on them for testing and different stuff. And then 2021 is going to change the cars in a big way. So they kind of put them in this weird pause. Um, and, and still tweaking, though. It's going to be an interesting thing. So I'll be following some of the teams out there and some of the guys who reach out to me. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, the the, the different uh Teams and stuff, front row, uh, the Jermaine and, and those guys. Uh, we'll see what, what, what Ty Dillon's doing this year. What's Ty up to? Um, I, they're asking if I was going to make it to a race, man. The way my training schedule is, I'd probably have to make it to a playoff um, at the end of the season. There would probably be no way unless uh, a class happened to correspond to something I can get to, but I don't see that happening um, too often. Um, or too soon, you know what I mean? It's not going to be one of those deals. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. We're going to be heading up to AK to see all you guys up there for the banquet. So if you haven't got your banquet tickets or you want to come last minute, get a hold of Mark. We'll be coming up to say hi. Um, and, and really, it's just a thank you to all the students. Like I said, we, we've done well over 400 um, students up there. And so getting like 75, 100 of them in the Captain Cook for dinner, it's a nice little get-together, man. It's a, it's a good deal, man. You think about about 75 people right now is, I think, the number. Um, 75 prior students coming to have dinner. That's a respectable turnout, man. And any way you look at it, that, that's a respectable turnout to have a dinner. And, and so good on Mark. This is his second year, first year I'm going. And, and so uh, we'll take it from there. Flying to it. We only got eight more years until the aliens show up. Dude, did anybody watch the ancient aliens and shit? They found mechanics wire from like a barbed wire fence. And they're like, it might be alien technology. It's like, dude, you found mechanics wire. And he's like, why is it all twisty that way? Why is that mechanics wire all twisted up and everything? It's like, because it's mechanics wire and it gets twisted up everywhere and you turn it. 
and then it breaks off when it rusts and it's like, oh my God, that's not from Roswell, dude. You, you know, that's not a Roswell thing. And, but old Giorgio thought he had some friggin' ancient alien shit in his hand and he had mechanics wire. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. I'm out. Later. <laughs>